1: tell joe biden and left-wing leaders across america hands off our kids paid for by america first legal you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman join bronco's country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off and now
2: it's time to drop some knowledge Okay, and we are live. I'm just going to give it a second to breathe, make sure the stream is on pace. I think we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast live, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. And with me, as always, uh, fresh off a nice weekend off, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, sporting the swaggiest of gear, Zach Kelberman. Zach, how was your weekend, bro? It was fairly quiet,
3: Chad. Just you know, ca- caught up on some work, went to the gym. But other than that, same old, same old. But how about you? How was your weekend?
2: Yeah, basketball game for the kid. Uh, caught up around some some yard work that needed doing because we've got some nice warm weather here in the Rockies. To, you know, in the, amidst all the snow and whatnot, it finally warmed up for a weekend, so I took nice. advantage of that. Got some uh, vitamin D. You know, need that sun. That's right. It was
3: it was super cold here too, so nothing compared to you in Utah. But it was a definite cold. It was like the twenties
2: here, and everyone was freaking out. Guys, so it's nice. To warm guys, up. we have so much we want to get to today, and uh, we want to welcome in everybody who's been hanging out in the room. Chris, Duke, Robert, King, Stacy, Mehmet, uh, keep going, Black Knight. What's up? What's up, guys. Good to see you. And uh, goodness gracious, we've got a, a we've got a new record on Super Chat. We're gonna well. We'll grab that right now. We'll grab that right now. Let me let me go down here. See if I can find it in the comment stream. There we are, Steve Baumgartner, a, a true superstar wow, Steven. on Super Chat, Stephen. That means the world Jeez, to us, man. Dude. Thank That's, you so uh, much. That's that helped crazy. Keep, keep this party going, dude. Thank you so much, Thank my you. brother. And uh, today, what we're gonna do before I grab what Steven's saying here? Today we're gonna we're we're making it kind of uh, part of the programming between now and when free agency opens. Sunday night's pod is the live pod is going to basically look back on the previous week, all the the buzz from the rumor mill. And we're, you know, I'm, I'm mirroring that on the written site at milehighhuddle with a written article. So Zach and I are going to go through that today. You guys, of course, we'll get your questions, your comments, what's on your mind. Um, we'll get to all that here in just a second, but first Steven saying a secondary with Byron Jones, Bryce Callahan, Prince of Mucamara, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and then, Ah, uh, Littleton a linebacker, and a j. Johnson a linebacker would be amazing. I don't disagree, and you know what's crazy, Zach? The closer we're getting to free agency, you know that's that's a plausible lineup because you know you could probably get we'll we'll talk more about this here in just a minute. You could probably get Prince and Mukamara for you know, cornerback two or three money, especially considering his age. And we already know the Broncos are, according to Cecil Salami going to go after Byron Jones as a top priority. So this could be, I don't know about Littleton. We'll see how it shakes out. Not that I'm not you know, a fan of Littleton. He's a great player, good coverage linebacker. He'd fit great next to AJ, but that's uh, a plausible lineup there. I have three words for that. Incomplete. I mean, that that secondary would be no flies
3: on 2.0. The entire defense would be on point. It would be hard to throw against them, and, and they're already good stopping the run. I would love if that panned out, Chad, and it's certainly plausible. It's not unrealistic. It's not like we're playing Madden here by projecting these players around. Littleton might be on the the tail end of the luxury spectrum there, but it's certainly within reason they're going to bring in, bring in Byron Jones, certainly within reason to, they can bring in Prince and Mukamara. They can rebuild the secondary with talented players, some that Vic Fangio already knows well. So
2: I'm excited to see what they're going to do this offseason me too and we're going to go through this article guys um, first just a couple of really quick matters of business make sure you're following the show on twitter at huddle up pod it is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time and i usually wait until the end of the show but you can see here where to find zach and myself on twitter at kelberman nfl at Chad and Jensen. And uh, we always, and if you are a listener of the pod, make sure you let us know, and you know, we'll follow back and, and stay engaged with you guys. We appreciate you. And then don't forget to head on over to HuddleUpPod.com and get in on some of that merch, man. The hat Zach's wearing, the shirts we're wearing, we got the hoodies, we've got stuff for men, stuff for women, yes. everything you need, and we're adding more and more to it as we go on. I'm going to drop the link here in the comment stream. Check that out when you guys get some time. It's a great organic way to not only support the show, support Mile High Huddle, but also to rep some really good looking gear. And uh, so take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.
2: Let me get this comment stream back up, man. Just floored, Steve. By the way, That's, I'm still just stunned. We appreciate you so yes. much, bro. Seriously. Um, all right, Zach. Let's uh, let's talk for a sec, and uh, I want to touch on this this what's basically everything we learned about the Broncos' free agency plans, what they've been connected to, what they've been tied to over this past week. And the first thing is, and a lot of these we've kind of we've already touched on in one form or another. When they came out as you know as uh, live news, the first being Zach, the fact that the Denver Broncos, according to Mike Kliss, and of course this is no shocker to your to you and I, we've been saying this since the offseason began, the Broncos are going to prioritize their free agent dollars to fill needs primarily on the defensive side of the ball, and of course utilize the the draft to to build the offense. And the first th- the three things that t- you take away from that though, from Mike Kliss, Zach are the fact that it's D-line, it's cornerback, and then maybe off-ball linebacker.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the order, I think. And that's all plausible positions they can rebuild in on the free agent market. They have the money to do that. And I, what other positions can you even think of?
2: I mean, that's the biggest three targets, in my opinion, what we've been saying. I mean, free agency speaking, if we were to look at the offense, we'll talk more about some of the other players the Broncos have been tied to in the rumor mill here in just a second, outside free agents. Uh, but... I can see them spending on a backup quarterback in free agency, depending on the player. And I could see them maybe signing, a, a, you know, like a right guard, maybe a center. More inclined to, if they do end up going and signing an offensive lineman in free agency, it probably being a guard as opposed to center. But other than that, I think those free agent dollars, they're going to be spent on that defensive side of the ball to basically fill some of these holes, which at this point, I mean, the defensive line alone, I mean, it is a gaping hole of inexperience, yeah. not to say that Draymond Jones doesn't, hasn't shown something as a rookie last year. He was defense, uh, yeah, defensive player, not defensive rookie, defensive player of the week for week 16, had uh, a few sacks to Marcus Walker when he's been on the field. He's made an impact as a pass rusher, but neither one are fully rounded, full time starter capable quite yet. So it still represents quite a quite a hole there.
3: I can think of also maybe a backup veteran tight end as well they can sign on the free agent market. I mean they have no offense, they have a couple young guys there. If they want a veteran blocker, I can see them turning to that side of the offensive ball, but primarily that's going to be rebuilt through the draft with, you know, offensive line, whether that's a guard, center, a tackle, wide receiver, running back, they're going to handle their business on the offense in the draft and uh, use the free agent
2: market to handle the defense. The other thing here, and this is something that you and I are yet to discuss on the podcast. A lot of this stuff, guys, go read the article. It's uh, at milehighhuddle.com. It's one of the lead stories, the pre combine rumor mill roundup. One storyline, though, that came out, that came onto my radar anyway over the weekend was something that was published by Pro Football Network, you know, utilizing their two insiders, one of whom we know well in Benjamin Albright, the other one, Tony Pauline to talk about what's going on with Shelby Harris, what they're hearing about Derek Wolf. And to make a long story short, the Broncos expect Shelby Harris to be gone. He's as good as gone. Someone's going to pay him, and it's going to be a lot more than they're going to be willing to pay him. So they're basically already kissing him goodbye, whereas with Derek Wolf, the expectation at Dove Valley's act, they expect him back. They do expect to be able to get Wolf re-signed. I like, and that's always
3: been the more uh, plausible outcome here. He will take a little less money. He wants to be a Bronco. I think he would give the Broncos more of a discount than Shelby Harris would. Harris, admittedly, is all about his money here. I could see a short-term, maybe incentive-laden contract for Derek Wolf, two years, not high in guarantees, allow him maybe finish his career in Denver. I can definitely see it happening. But it shouldn't preclude Denver either from supplementing that position, whether in the draft, whether a, a mid-tier free agent. They
2: have to keep building that defensive line because they're one injury away from having nothing again. Guys, we're going to get to your questions. We're going to get to, whoa, the Super Chat's stacking up. We're going to get to that, guys. I promise you, just give us a few more minutes or we're going to touch on a couple more of these. The other thing here, Zach, is what we learned on Friday about Will Parks. Now, Will Parks has kind of been the forgotten guy, right? In the in the free agency rumor, Mill, as it relates to the Broncos' own free agents. And we learned from NFL Network's James Palmer, though, that he is going to have a market for his services out there when free agency rolls around. He called it a he kind, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Here's what he said quote. He is really one of the more versatile guys, along with Chris Harris, on this defense. This is James Palmer. I have talked to people around the league. There is a market for Will Parks. He played slot corner for them. He's a tough guy that plays everywhere. They consider him a very valuable piece of their defense. He's a guy that has a sleepy market out there for teams that are interested in him. Close quote. I'll leave it at that. So he's saying there's a market, but it's kind of a sleepy market. Let me tell you how I interpret that. I interpret that to mean, Zach, that Will Parks will find some suitors out there and they're probably going to be teams who have defensive coaches on hire on staff who have worked with Parks in the past, whether it be like Vance Joseph in with the Arizona Cardinals or another coach around the league, someone that's got experience working directly with Parks as a pro.
3: I could see Joe Woods come calling for Will Parks. He's the new coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, and they need defensive help. And he can be a starter there. He has starter caliber potential, just not with the Broncos. They have their two guys for the future, but he's going to have a market, and I think he will price himself out of the Broncos' range. The only way he comes back to meet Chad is if he really meets a cold market and he has no other suitor. Maybe the Broncos can resign him, but Broncos fans should be bracing for the inevitability of losing Will Parks to a starting uh, role elsewhere.
2: Yeah, they're going to let him test the market, and depending on whether you know how right James Palmer is, if they end up, you know, if Parks finds some big-time suitors out there, and you know, the it gets upwards in the many millions of dollars per year to sign Parks, the Broncos are going to wish him, uh, you know, good luck and catch you later. Yeah. If it's something where they can still get him signed somewhere close to, you know, they want to recognize him for his contributions, but somewhere close to veteran minimum, somewhere between one to three or four million a year, somewhere in that range. I think then they'd be willing to bring him back, but someone's probably going to be willing to pay him more than what the Broncos will. So you, right. he, he's, he's as good as gone. All right. The other thing that we haven't touched on, and again, guys, go read this article yourselves uh, for all of the each and every storyline. I just don't want to recapitulate some of these that Zach and I have already talked to you guys about. The other one we haven't talked about two more here, three more here. Actually, we haven't talked about the Broncos being predicted by pro football focus to land Michael Pierce. Actually, we did talk about that, right? Yeah. As the number 42 free agent, they connected him to Denver.
3: We discussed it briefly. I don't know about that article in, in specific, but we discussed Michael Pierce on the show.
2: I know we were asked about it by, by one of the listeners, yeah. but you know, he makes some sense if you can get him on the cheap. He, he kind of had a down year in a contract year, which is concerning because, of course, most players in a contract year, that's when they really show out. He took a step back, which you got to ask and wonder why, especially in a year when that Ravens team was just playing inspired football on both sides of the ball. Right. But it's a situation to monitor. I think they predicted a, you know, three-year deal worth five million per year, three years, fifteen million. So keep an eye on that. Now the other thing we haven't talked about this: the Chicago Bears released two players who figure to be on the Broncos' radar, uh, the cornerback Prince Amukamara and wide receiver Taylor Gabriel. Zach. Do you want to see either one of those or would you want to see either one of those players in Denver?
3: I definitely would not mind uh Prince on a short-term, relatively short-term deal. He, he's not what he once was. I don't think he's a cornerback one for any team in the NFL, but he's definitely a cornerback two, if, if worse, a cornerback three for Denver. He can be depth in the secondary. He knows Vic Fangio. He wouldn't break the bank like a Darius Slay would, maybe even a Byron Jones would. But the good thing about the Broncos' capital this offseason, Chad, they can sign a mid-tier starter like a Mookamara and then go out and get Byron Jones
2: as well. And I'd rather do that than trade for Darius Slay all right i i agree with you on that the last thing uh two two things no we talked about teddy bridgewater which we we lambasted that we debunked that so here's the last thing and this was something that came out over the weekend the broncos being predicted uh, as suitors for amari cooper and this was done by one of our former colleagues over at cbs sports patrick walker bless his heart great guy he's a national rider he's a cowboys guy He's very connected to what's happening in Dallas, not so connected to what's happening in Denver. Right. He predicted, of course, the Broncos being one of three or four other teams to be in on Cooper, but Zach, when you drill a little bit deeper and you recognize the real situation on the ground in Denver, Amari Cooper, if the Cowboys do in fact let him hit the market, he's going to command, according to Track, close to $20 million mm. per year. Now, considering the Broncos already have a wide receiver one, Is there any realm of the plausible in which they're going to be willing to compete with outside teams to pay this guy 20 million bucks? Even if he wasn't getting paid $20 million, even if it was $15
3: million, $14 million, he's not what the Broncos need as a wide receiver, too. He's an unbelievable route runner. He's really good at his craft, but he's not the speediest guy. He has injury concerns. He's going to command of massive money. The Broncos need a pure speedster, a Tiger Hill type, next to Cortland Sutton. As good as Mari Cooper is, he's not that type of wide receiver. So I don't expect the Broncos to beat around that bush at all. If anyone from the Cowboys they're going to be after, it's Byron Jones. I
2: Zero percent interest, in my opinion, in Maury cooper i agree and i just put the article link guys when we get off the pod and you get some time go read the article uh but that's kind of the roundup heading into the combine i've checked in with a few of of my contacts around the league that uh you know on the eve of of this momentous week that you know there's going to be some things coming out we're going to get a chance to hear from vic fangio we're going to get a chance to hear from john elway and so we might we might get a few other nuggets that come our way between now and the end of next week so Let's turn the page and jump to our questions here in the comment stream and our super chats that are really stacking up. Goodness gracious. All right, bear with me, guys. I got to get to the top of this stream before it gets beyond my my grasp here. Stu, jumping in. (laughs) Stu. Goodness gracious. No words, man. So generous. So outgoing and steadfast in your support of the show and Mile High Huddle. We appreciate you, bro, and we love you. He says, thanks for all the great content, guys. Thank, Thank you for your support, Stu. Means Stu the world seriously, board. yes. No words, man. Appreciate you. Um, let's grab a question here from Yordi Lopez. What do you think the bottom line for Byron Jones money-wise is? Zach, what do you, I'm thinking 15, $16 million. Mm-hmm. Could end up being more, but what do you think?
3: Uh, I believe it's going to be, I mean, Pro Football Focus projected he's going to sign with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for $16 million per season. I think it was 50.5 guaranteed, both of which would be NFL records, and he'd be the highest paid corner in the NFL. The baseline, baseline for Byron zone is going to be 14 mil, but I think he'll check in anywhere from 15 to 16. Might be terrific for the Broncos' blood, but that's the going rate for a shutdown cornerback who's young in his prime and can moonlight at safety as well.
2: Justin on Facebook wants to know what's the realistic cost to get slay and why would we be kicking the tires on Cooper? We already addressed that second notion. It's not a realistic plausible. I even checked with Benjamin Albright on this and it's unrealistic that the Broncos are going to be willing to lay out that kind of cash for Amari Cooper. So let's tackle the first thing Justin's curious about here. Zach, what's the realistic cost to get slay? Here's what I've heard. Okay. It's going to take a minimum of a third round pick. And it's probably going to end up taking two picks, Zach, a third yeah. and a fifth to land Darius Slay. And then you got to give him an extension. He's looking for around $15 million per year with his new team that he can sit back and relax and go, all right, I'm locked in long-term with this team. This team loves me. This team wants me. So if you get Slay, obviously that probably means you're out on Byron Jones. It will be interesting to see if that deal gets done with Slay and the Detroit Lions between now and when the legal tampering period kicks off March 16th. It's going to take at least a third round draft pick at the minimum. And he's
3: going to probably want to see what Byron Jones gets on the free agent market. That'll set his price. But he definitely wants to be among the highest paid cornerbacks, if not the highest paid corner. So realistically, a third round draft pick, probably a second the Lions would hold out for and $15 million per year. And that's why I'm out on that. It's one or the other for me. When you could just pay Byron Jones the $15 million, get a younger player who's, I think, better for the Broncos scheme. That's the direction I go. But it's going to cost a lot to price Slay from the Lions.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at alliantenergy.com rebates
1: not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies They want boys in our daughter's bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: we got a question here from Travis Bruley on YouTube. Are we keeping Joe Flacco? This is a question that that we kind of, it's like whack-a-mole. We have to tamp it down at least once a week. The Broncos are not, barring some crazy loophole, some weird circumstance, the Broncos are going to end up parting ways with Flacco. What's happening right now is the posturing of the Broncos trying to avoid having to pay an injury settlement on Joe Flacco, which is why you heard, whatever it was, last week, I think it was beginning of last week's Zach, that the Broncos believe Joe Flacco is going to be healthy enough with that neck to play in 2020. They don't care. That doesn't make a difference to them in terms of altering their teams, you know, what they're going to do to build their roster, who's going to start a quarterback. That's Drew Locke. It's not Joe Flacco. They're getting that out there for multiple reasons. One, to test the trade market, let people know, hey, we think he's going to be good. And also to start posturing for, hey, we don't want to, we're going to cut you and we don't want to have to pay you anything more than we already have.
3: Yeah, this is all calculated right now. The Broncos know what they're doing by putting out these, these bits of information and they're begging another team to trade for him, to take his salary off the Broncos hands. I don't think it's gonna happen. The Denver will have to bite the bullet there, but he's not gonna be on the roster in week one. He will be gone way before that and we can finally turn the page. I want it's just been a disastrous era in Broncos mm-hmm. football.
2: It makes you yearn for the days of Case Keenan, right? Did Joe <laughs> for the Denver Broncos. All right. <laughs> Brian Greenfield, longtime listener, one of our Super Chat superstars. John Thank you, Brian. With a $5 donation. Appreciate season, you, man. Bro. Do you think the Broncos could or should use Andrew Beck as a receiving threat out of the backfield, especially on third and short? You know, the fullback position is not one that you're going to see utilized much in the passing game with Pat Shermer. So back, he definitely has a – I think he showed last last year as an undrafted rookie out of Texas, I think. Either way, as an undrafted rookie, the Broncos picked up off the scrap heap on the doorstep of the season. He proved that he can make a play with the ball in his hands, and he, he proved to be also scrappy as a blocker. And I think that that's probably like if I'm projecting ahead, just with the talent that's on the roster now, tight end one, no offense, uh, tight end two, Jeff Hyreman, if they end up keeping him, there's a chance he could be cut. We'll see as a cap casualty. But, you know, with the Broncos not being desperate for money this year, I just kind of – I think they're going to hold on to Hireman. And then tied in three is Andrew Beck. So there's a pecking order there, Brian. If there's an injury to either one of those top two guys, you'll see Beck on the field. And as
3: it relates to you know short passes over the middle or anything like that, that's going to be a combination of Sutton. It's going to be a combination of Noah Fant and maybe even Janovich if he's on the field for the Broncos. Andrew Beck's not going to have a huge role. I think he'll make the team like Chad is saying. He's not going to have a huge role in this Broncos offense. If anyone's going to benefit at tight end, it's going to be Noah Fant.
2: All right, let's see what else we got here, guys, making it for a lively conversation as always. All right, Stephen jumping in. Again, on uh, Super Chat. Thanks, Steven. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. All right, you guys going to the Combine this week. All right, so here's what happened, you guys. Here's what's going on. Zach and I were planning on meeting up at the Combine and doing that just like we did last year. But it came down to did we want to do that or do we want to do the draft just because of circumstances going on with uh, my family life. Nothing bad, nothing, no drama or anything, but just things that are on the schedule. I had to pick one or the other. It's my fault. It's not on Zach. It's me with the family and the wife and all that stuff. And so what we decided to do is we felt like, you know what, there would be more opportunity to make some hay for content at the draft and possibly even meet up with listeners, have a a meetup podcast in Vegas if we prioritize doing the draft and doing Vegas instead of going to the combine. And so that's what we decided to do. So Zach and I were – hanging back we're not going to the combine we you know we have our contacts that are going to be there we're going to be very in key and in tune and in touch with what's happening at the combine but Zach we're going to choose to hit up the draft at the end of April instead of the combine this year just to kind of shake things up
3: yeah I think it's better interaction for our listeners out in Vegas and I think we can do something for the pod like you mentioned Chad and also it being the new home of the Raiders we can do a little scouting of the enemy there so uh, we we plan doing something fun
2: for for our our podcast and our audience we have something planned for April for the draft Yeah. So, and as we get a little bit closer, here we are. I mean, the draft is now officially about two months out, right? We're at the end of February. It's going down end of April. As we get a little bit closer, we're going to start putting together a plan of attack, figure out we're considering whether or not we want to organize now and try and get a room for a hangout, depending on how astronomical a cost it might be to rent a room at a casino or something like that, because that's the only place you can, right? In Vegas, it's you, you organize at the casinos um so we're going to check into that worst case scenario we'll have a meetup at uh some to be announced location and any of our great listeners who are in vegas at the time if you make the trip for the draft because the nfl does a lot of cool stuff for fans for the draft it's becoming big business for the nfl so there's a lot of fan draw to to vegas and for the draft so if any of our listeners end up going and those who are living in vegas we have a lot of listeners in vegas too you know we'll uh, we'll hope to see you guys there it's going to be a lot of fun yeah let's look here bear with me guys Yordi, we talked about uh amari cooper we've already crushed that one into the dust let's grab terry randall up in canada proving as always that broncos country it's not a geographic location it is a state of being jumping in ten dollar donation thank you terry says, no wide receivers in the in free agency, draft or college free agents only. Michael Pierce, for sure, go heavy on offensive line in the draft. Mike Munchak will make lemonade. Who are you going to have eyes on at the Combine Football Priest? So, again, Zach and I won't be there. It doesn't mean we're not going to be paying close attention to what's happening at the Combine. Um, Eric Trickle has had a really cool series. If you guys, I'm sure a lot of you have been following it closely, a written form at milehighhuddle.com where he's, listed from each position group, the players, the prospects at each position that have the most questions to answer. But honestly, I'm going to be looking especially at the wide receivers, at the cornerbacks, defensive line, off-ball linebackers, and and offensive guards and, and tackles.
3: I'm with you right there. To throw out one more position, I'm going to say special teamers, punter, kicker, because there's a good chance the Broncos are going to reload at those spots. But yeah, if I were to go to the combine this year, I was going to be heavy on the wide receivers. There's a good chance the Broncos aren't going to just draft one in the first round. They can come out of the first 100 picks with two new starting wide receivers. They're going to be heavy invested, and I agree. Don't slurge on one. They don't need Amari Cooper. They don't need any of these guys on the open market. Wait until the draft and reload with young talent and let them
2: blossom together with Drew Locke. Sleek Tro on YouTube. He says, "Do you think we should get rid of Jake?" But his health issues are a huge problem for the Broncos. They have absolutely been a huge problem for the Broncos. He has been completely unable to cash in on any of the draft investment the Broncos made into him. I don't think, though, at this at this point, they're in for a diamond for a dollar. He's going into it the last year of his rookie deal. Zach, there's no reason to just cut bait unless you brought him in for a physical and there was some complication again with that knee. Another you know flying the ointment of his recovery whatever you want to call it then and you can see that it's going to have effects here in the very near future then of course you you just say you know what we got to call a spade a spade here we're going to wish you the best cut you loose but the way it's trending Zach is Jake Butt is going to participate in OTAs he's going to be around to participate in training camp barring any setbacks and we'll let the chips fall see how it shakes out uh Figures crossed, I guess. It's it's good to have
3: optimism about Jake Butt, but it's it's easier to have skepticism considering his injury history. And uh, I'll continue to say anything the Broncos get out of Jake Butt, even if it's one reception for one yard, is a bonus this season. You know, Noah Fant is there a future at that spot, not Jake Butt. But I wish him well in his recovery, and I hope he can make
2: some sort of impact and salvage his career. Jonathan, we're just glad that you're with us, bro. Every sure. uh, every viewer matters equally to us. We love you all. Our Super Chat superstars, they're in the position where they can they can chip in, and that's great. We appreciate it. We don't ask for it. We don't ask for it. So no. we just appreciate you participating in the conversation, listening, watching. We love you, and thanks for being here with us, my friend. JP on uh, Super Chat jumps in. He says, Thank hey, you, guys, long-time watcher from SoCal, first time live. What Good do you see? guys think of going wide receiver, Chenault in the first, and a guy like corner, a corner like Trayvon Diggs from Alabama in the second? Again, guys, I'm not opposed to that. Don't don't get me wrong with what I'm about to say, but as you know, I'm a little bit more of a pro- proponent for going non-wide receiver in the first round if you can, if one of the blue chippers are there at 15, just because it is such a deep class. But if the Broncos did get LaVisca Chenault, the Colorado um, running back who plays wide receiver, basically, at pick 15 and then was still able to get Trayvon Diggs, Diggs is solid. I don't think he's the best corner fit for Fangio's scheme, but he's still... You know, very good player. That's that's a couple of one and two picks to start the draft that I think would be very favorable for the team.
3: Yeah, it would depend on how the board breaks out. But if there's one Digs, the Broncos are going to have this offseason, I'm in, I'm in favor of being Trevon Diggs. And uh, I love the idea. It doesn't matter really who. You can fill in the, the, the prospects for these spots. But going receiver and corner in the first two rounds, I am all on board with that. Again, i like to see what players fall the Broncos at 15 if they stick in that spot. But going corner or receiver then corner is definitely, I'm on board with that for sure.
2: Dylan says, uh, long-time listener of the show, also one of our big supporters on Super Chat, he says, I'd like A.J. Epinesa, the Iowa, I think he's viewed more as an edge, depending on who else is on the board. Fans see him listed at edge, but he could easily play defensive end. That was something that was discussed on the, it was, if you guys haven't checked it out, it's on the podcast. Go check out Building the Broncos pod from yesterday. They had uh, John Ledyard on to talk about the trenches, and I think they asked that very question to to Ledyard about hey, do you think uh, Epinesa could play inside? Because, you know, that's something that was bandied about, for example, with Bradley Chubb. Hey, he can stand up and rush from the edge, which is what fans have basically seen him do in Denver his first couple of years. Or he can kick inside in certain packages and maybe rush as a as a five-tech, a three-tech even. They're, they're thinking that Epinesa might be able to do that, but I still see him more, Dylan, for what it's worth, as an edge. And so if you're picking at 15, you already have Vaughn. You already have right. Chubb. Even if Epines is on the board, I'm thinking, you know, depending on who else is there, but he wouldn't be one of the first guys for me, all due respect.
3: Yeah, plus you have like Malik Reed and Justin Hollins. You have young developmental prospects that are along the edge. The Broncos are fine there. I mean, Chubb's going to come back to full form. They don't need an edge player at that spot. I mean, that would be, to me, a, a real last resort. Everything would have to break against the Broncos to go that route. So I don't see an edge player in that spot at all, someone like Epinoza.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: All right, let's see here what uh, James Dean has to say. Jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you, James. James. We have a speedster, Deontay Spencer. Need to give him the ball. You know, it's one of those curious things. I don't know why the previous offensive coordinator didn't want to utilize him more than as just window dressing in fake, you know, wide receiver screens and wide receiver jet sweeps and stuff. I mean, he touched the ball a couple of times on offense. But, yeah, you wonder why he doesn't get thought of more by the team. But all we can tell you is the Broncos themselves are saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to be targeting speed demons in this draft. And so it doesn't preclude Spencer from making this roster, Zach. But if he does make this roster again in 2020, it's going to be as a returner first and a wide receiver second. And, you know, we'll, we'll do some digging on that to find out why. But I just I don't think they trust his hands, which is odd because he can catch a punt under duress. But you're worried about him. run. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, as Brennan Langley proved, it
3: takes more than just speed to play wide receiver in the NFL and in the Broncos system. As Spencer has speed for sure, but he's, he's better suited, like chats said, on special teams as opposed to being on offense. Ideally, the Broncos would have a guy who can be the number two wide receiver, the speedster, and also the punt returner. So we'll have to see how that plays out this offseason. Spencer will be on the roster. I just He's not going to be the long-term wide receiver two the Broncos need.
2: We certainly don't want to neglect our live listeners on Periscope on Twitter. So let's grab Trap Javier here. He says, "Is ten and six a realistic record for the Broncos next season?" Zach, I think it is. I think it is. Like, it's easy to just go, you know, eight and eight. Let's see how they do. If they can improve by one game from seven to nine to eight and eight, I think ten and six is realistic. And ten and six, of course, would put you, you know, nine times out of ten, would, would put you in the playoffs at least as a wild card. Especially if the NFL is adopting that seven team in the playoffs rule or whatever
3: for next season, the Broncos have a better chance of making it. But how many times I don't like to play the what if game, but how many games this season alone where the Broncos just one little step away from winning, if the ball would have bounced a certain way, the Broncos would have won that game. That's a difference between going seven to nine and 10 and six. And now they have Drew Locke. We all saw how the Broncos finished the season last year with him, Is I would expect something like 9-7 and 7 to be the record next season. It's not the hope. It should be the expectation. And 10-6 and 6 right above that with Drew Locke, if he pans out, it could be even 11-5, and 12-4, the year of Drew Locke. I mean,
2: 10-6 and 6 is definitely, I think, in the Broncos' range. Chris DeLuca on Facebook says, What do you guys think the odds are we retain Chris Harris Jr., the percentage? Zach, Mike Kliss said it's 25%. He's as plugged in as anybody. Yeah. You can call him a mouthpiece of the team. I think that's pretty fair assessment, you know, one in four chance. Look at it like that.
3: Without even saying anything, I was going to say 30%. So I'm right there with him. It's not going to happen. He's pricing
2: himself out of the Broncos range, and uh, we have to just wish him well in his next journey. And for what it's worth, you know, he hasn't closed the door on the Broncos, but the Broncos just appear to be ready to let him go. I don't know if it was just simply he didn't jive with Fangio or just, a combination of that with having a down year with, you know, being 31 by the time the regular season starts this year. But it's not his fault, Chad. Right. Point it to somebody else. ala Chris Harris. That's, that, that's what he likes to do. Uh, buona beast says any thought on the NFL PA and NFL agreeing to extend the time to use the franchise tag. I've not seen any outlet. Tell me why this happened. Is this because of good faith in the CBA negotiations? Um, Honestly, I don't know about that one, Buona Beast. I don't want to steer you wrong. I haven't done any research on that myself. Have you, Zach? I haven't followed the negotiations that closely, but I I do believe it's some sort of compromise
3: on both sides to give the the sides a couple extra days to get the franchise and transition tag down because it would be bad for business the other way around. It would screw a lot of teams like the Cowboys out of using both those tags. So I, I think it's the right move for these sides while negotiations are ongoing to throw each other a
2: bone in a certain sense. Dylan jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, bro. $5 donation. That means the world. Evan also jumping in on Super Chat. I can't drop no $100. (laughs) It's all good. No, of course. Yeah, we don't expect you to, bro. But if we do trade for Diggs, Stefan Diggs, who would be a good drafted wide receiver three? Ruggs, Rager. So Ruggs at at pick 15, Rager, Jalen Rager at 46, Denzel Mims at 77, uh, or Johnson at 83. You guys rock. Um, hmm. I'm not. It, I'm hearing that Rugs isn't gonna. Is there's a good chance he's gonna run and test really well at the combine, and ends up vaulting over C.D. Lamb, ends up vaulting over Jerry Judy to be the number one viewed wide out by the league. And if that's the case, he's not gonna be there at pick 15. But in theory, from the names you listed, I would go just at exactly as you have it. I would go Rugs, Rager, Mims, Johnson in that order. But Rager would make for a very interesting player as well as the number three guy. And so would Denzel Mims. Mims impressed me. Um, so he really has a lot during this pre-draft trail and Eric Trickle's done a lot of work on him. And I've, you know, that's how I learn about the draft is I'm copy editing the work of Eric, Nick <laughs> Kendall, Carl Dummler. That's how I learn about these guys. And they, you know, I get tuned on to them. Then I go watch some film. And then I do my own research and, and all three of those, all four of those guys are interesting, but I would go exactly as you have them listed. Although again, I'm not 100% in on going wide receiver in the first just because of how deep the class is.
3: I also don't think or Mims are going to be there at those spots either, Chad. They're going to test really well at the combine, and both can be late fringe first-round prospects, second-round at, at worst. So um, in that order, I'd have to agree, but there's only one guy among that group that really truly fits what the Broncos need with Drew Locke, and that's Henry Ruggs. And I prefer if no other things break through a certain way on defense or offensive line, he is the pick at 15.
2: Brian jumps back in and says on Super Chat, he says, it would be funny if we got both digs, Stefan and Trayvon. That would, my friend. Thanks again for the support. Yes. Christy, Super Chat superstar, jumps in, $20 donation. Thank you, Christy. We love you. We appreciate you. Do you think the Broncos trade DeMarcus Walker? Zach, what do you think? I don't think so. I mean,
3: they have him under relatively cheap control for this season. He can be a, a potential key contributor if they lose Derek Wolf and Shelby Harris, or regardless if they lose one or the other. I think uh, they're going to have him one more chance in a big fan defense and let him push the pocket. I'm still a fan of Marcus Walker. I still have hope for him in the system that he can contribute. Never going to be a 10-sack guy, chat, but he can contribute three, five, six sacks a year. To me, that's good for this season
2: want beast man? He is focused on this punter thing. What traits do you want out of our new punter? Hang time, accuracy, or power? Oh. If I got to pick one of the three, it's accuracy <laughs> because you got you got the thin air, right. and mile high is going to help out a punter. You know, eight games out of the year. So for me, and even if you weren't in thin air, accuracy is the premium for any punter. Power, I mean, in a perfect world, you'd want all three, right? Hang time, ability, accuracy, or power. But for me, I'm prioritizing accuracy and if i can i'm trying to go Bill belichick and find that lefty i mean of the three
3: qualities i would take power the least i want hang time to allow my team to get down the field and cover the kick and i want uh, accuracy for the reasons you mentioned chad those coffin corner punts to, to pin opponent's seep you always want that not to leave a guy in the middle of the field so um they're going to probably draft a punter this sometime in the fifth or sixth round this year and i hope he has one of those two qualities that we mentioned
2: What's up 12 on YouTube says, should we cut Todd Davis and sign a better linebacker in free agency? (laughs) I'm really torn on the topic of cutting Todd Davis. Like there's a, there's a part of me that says, is he really worth that 6 million he's going to make this year? And the team could save, you know, 5 million on the cap. If they cut him, it's option on his deal. You know, the team can get out of that pretty close to pain free, but at the same time, he's very undervalued and underappreciated as a run stuffer. And I think he proved last year, Zach, that, you know, Vic Fangio's scheme can help him kind of camouflage some of his deficiencies in coverage, although it can eliminate them. And eventually, it comes out of the wash, and that's where you get to, should the Broncos try and find an upgrade? Yes, absolutely. Try and find the upgrade, but I'm not sure you do that at the expense of cutting Todd Davis at this point because even that $5 million I mean, again, $62 million in cap space as of today, Right. You get rid of you 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 pass on the option of Ron Leary, you free up another eight and a half million. Same uh, for Joe Flacco, you cut him. It's another ten. So now we're talking eighty million dollars. You don't really need Todd Davis's five million, so keep him on the roster, see how he looks, and then he's your fail safe. He's your stopgap. If you strike out in free agency, or if you you know you don't find the guy you're pining for, if you're not able to get him in the draft, you still have Todd Davis, and you know you can at least live with him and AJ playing together.
3: Yeah, there's value to Todd Davis in this defense. He's a really good run stuffer. He does that well. He's always among the Broncos leading tacklers every year, but he's awful in coverage, and if the Broncos can mask that deficiency, they can get by with him. If if the Broncos don't cut him, I'm not going to shed any tears. If they keep him, I'm not going to shed any tears, but they regardless need an upgrade behind them. If not a new starter opposite A.J. Johnson, an upgrade, a three-down linebacker who can can play over Josie Jewell and provide some value in pass coverage. They're still going to have to face Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs twice a year. A lot of good tight ends in the NFL. They need linebackers that can run with these guys. And I'm not going to depend on just AJ Johnson to be that guy.
2: You know, Corey Littleton makes a lot of sense for the Broncos because you know, he's a fair to middling runs stuffing linebacker, but he's an excellent coverage linebacker. And that's what you need to kind of compliment AJ Johnson. Who's great at filling gaps, getting down there and attacking the ball carrier, but kind of gets a little lumbering and slow when it comes to covering short areas Zones, he you know again, Fangio's scheme can cover the deficiencies and flaws and kind of camouflage some of that because it's so friendly to basically every position on the field is, is his defense. And utilizing zones, you're not running after someone one-on-one like in man coverage, but still, in a perfect world, you want a compliment to A.J. Johnson. And Corey Littleton makes a lot of sense. I'm going to be interested to see whether or not the Broncos show any interest in uh, Danny Trevathan and what his injury situation is coming off of last season in which he – ended up on IR bill 1293 on YouTube better chance at Byron Jones or Darius Slay Zach what do you what do you think odds wife has the better shot I just, I don't know. I I don't see John Elway parting with two sets of capital to pick
3: up a cornerback when he can sign a guy who I think is better. And I think he would think is better for the system in Byron Jones. I just think there's a better chance of if it's 15 versus 16 million saving that draft pick and getting a better upgraded cornerback. And like you always say, Chad, set it and forget it. Just plug and play corner day one starter, immediate contributor. That's what Byron Jones would be. So if I had my druthers,
2: the better choice to me, the more realistic choice is Byron Jones. (laughs) Clayton on Facebook, we love you too, bro. Thanks for supporting the show. Yes. Been been with us for about a year. Appreciate you, man. Every every listener means the world to us, so we appreciate you guys. I mean, it's this show is growing by leaps and bounds on YouTube. And by the way, we crossed over the 5,000 subscribers mark last week. Shout out to each and every one of our new subscribers on YouTube. There's that group of fans that are watching live and listening to shows after the fact as well. We have about 11,000 listeners that listen on on Apple Podcasts each and every episode. And then, of course, the Facebook audience and then, of course, the Twitter Periscope audience. So this is a show that is growing in reach exponentially. And it's thanks to guys like you, Clayton, who have been with us as well for a long time and hanging with us and and sharing it out there on social media, contributing to the conversation here. It means the world to us. Uh, Ron jumps in. Super chat. Ron, by the way, my friend. Reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Give us your personal deets. You've been really consistent on Super Chat with us, and and we'd like to send you a little thank you, maybe a hat, maybe a, a hoodie. So reach out to us so we can get your personal deets. Let us know your shirt slash hoodie size, milehighhuddle at gmail. $5 donation, Ron says. Do you think there is a real chance that Amari Cooper comes to Denver? Ron, we touched on this early in the show. Neither Zach or myself think that's feasible just because – you know, if he wasn't going to command $20 million close to on the open market, yeah, I mean, if you could get him somewhere, I don't know what he would be worth in a perfect world to the Broncos, but I can tell you this, $20 bucks off the table for the Broncos. I, to me,
3: the only people that are worthy of being paid that much are a franchise quarterbacks, shot twenty million and above. It may be just a middling starter can get that money, but a quarterback in the NFL, I would not pay Amari Cooper twenty a year. Nor would I, for the Broncos, get him at any rate above fifteen million dollars. He's not what they need. He's not that pure speedster. They can look in the draft, save some money, get a cheaper guy, a younger guy, a faster guy. That's the route they should go and stay far away from Amari Cooper, who I don't even think leaves Dallas. I think he'll be for, uh, transition or trans- transition tagged. Sorry, right. transition
2: or franchise tag could yeah. be in the cards. Tongue Again, twister. If you're, the, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, man, I mean, franchise caliber, even starting caliber quarterbacks, man, they don't grow on trees. Ask John Elway. Jerry Jones, he's been in the desert. You know, think about what the Cowboys went through before they found Tony Romo all those years ago. The Drew Bledsoes and the uh, Quincy, well, I forget his last name. Carter. I mean, Quincy Carter, exactly. Thank you. I mean, they, they, were, they suffered a long time post-Troy Aikman trying to find that guy. Tony Romo gave them consistency and stability for many years, and they lucked into Dak in the third or fourth round, whatever it was they got him, and he's turned into a really good. I understand the arguments about him not being a lead, and he's not on the same levels of the Dr. Deshaun Watsons and Lamars and Mahomes. I get that. But he's at worst— a starting caliber quarterback in this NFL, and they don't grow on trees. So I think you're going to see the Dallas Cowboys. And Zach, you you told me this even before this, this we went live tonight. Yeah, they're probably going to find a way to, to make some peace and and get him re-signed on a long-term deal, which then opens the door to tag Amari Cooper. And Ariel jumps in on super chat, two dollar donation. Appreciate you. Thank Ariel. you, Ariel. I wake up, I see Flacco on the roster. I die. <laughs> That's sad. die a little inside each and every time. I feel you, man. It's just so, it's just so underwhelming, right? Joe Flacco. Listen, listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Enough said. All right, Eclipse Stormborn, longtime listener of the show, jumps in on super chat. Thanks, brother. In Philadelphia, it says Bowls can Munchak take lemons and make chocolate cake, and make you wonder how he did it. Also, how about digs for Hamilton and two third rounders? Now, for me, that's too that's that's too steep. I some fans are really stoked on the idea of Stefan Diggs. I like him. Eric Trickle swung me about halfway toward you know, being completely out on the notion to I'm at least open to it, but not for uh, two third-rounders. Now, if you could get him for a third and, and Deshaun Hamilton, you got, him lock, you got him locked up long-term, maybe. I don't know. But it's just not my favorite idea.
3: I just you're taking away a receiver to add a receiver then you break even but you're losing draft picks you're losing salary cap space and the contract that he wants I I I just don't understand the move for um Stefan Diggs I don't see the interest from the Broncos side and in terms of Garrett Bowles I think Chad I'm a little a little more pessimistic than you are about him I
2: think he can come around but I just want to see it consistently over the course of a few games at the minimum I hope you guys saw that I'm not going to read that one live because this is you know not that that's not that Brian's funny comment there is makes it not family-friendly, but this is a family-friendly show. But we all need that laugh now and again, right? Usually Mark Langley provides that for us. I don't know where Mark's at tonight, but uh, <laughs> Brian coming in, saving the day. Appreciate you, bro. Terry Randall jumps back in on Super Chat. He says, you guys in the chat never let me down. You never let us down, bro. So consistent. We love you. We got time for one or two more here, guys, and then we got a split. Uh, Manny Wise jumps in on Super Chat. Good to see you, Manny. Thank you for the donation. Thank you, A ton to us, my friend. Any chance the Broncos go after Joe? Is it Thune? Is it Tooney? But Joe T from <laughs> the New England Patriots. You know what? I um, I like it as a possibility, but you have to wonder. This was something that was brought to my attention by Nick Kendall and Carl Dumler on building the Broncos. How much his success, Joe Thune, and it's under the radar success. It's not like he's out there you know, winning all the accolades in the world, but – he is a an above-average, or he has been an above-average starter. He's been a left guard, by the way. So what are you going to do with, if you do sign Thoney? Are you going to move Dalton Reisner, or are you going to play Thoney at right guard? What are you going to do there? But either way, you have to wonder how much of his success can be attributed to Tom Brady having just that Hall of Fame pocket awareness, Dante Star- Skarnecchia, the offensive line coach, who some believe is even better at his job than Mike Munchak. None of that is to take away from the fact that Joe Thune is a very viable candidate. But I think the Broncos, I think it's possible. But I think, again, the Broncos are going to prioritize most of those cap dollars, re-signing the one or two, three maybe, of their own homegrown guys and then bolstering that defense.
3: He's going to get starter's money. So unless the Broncos are signing him to start at center or guard, he's not going to come to Denver. He's going to probably sign elsewhere, probably with the Dolphins who can throw around some money. He'd be a good, great, great backup guy to have, a good swing guy to have, but he's going to get a starting job elsewhere. We just have to hope the Broncos can restock the cover through the draft and finally get some young developmental prospects for Munchak to work with.
2: Jake jumps in on Super Chat, $5 donation. Appreciate Thank you, Jake. Jake. I think we should have boring draft. I think we should have boring draft and draft back-to-back linemen, protect our QB, battles are won, and uh, in the trenches, which is true. I get that. I totally do. And I see why you would think that. But who's going to start? Because you got Garrett Bowles, penciled in. He's a starter. That's not going to change. Jawan James, penciled in, starter. That's not going to change. So there's two. Left guard is Dalton Reisner. That's not going to change. you got two possibilities, a center and a guard. I'm not sure there's a first-round caliber center this year. I don't think there is. I mean, there's there's fringe guys like Cushenberry at LSU, Biadish, the Wisconsin guy, probably a day-two guy when it all is said and done. I understand what you're saying. It's not lost on us, Jake. Zach, the Broncos do need to make sure this offensive line is legit and can protect Drew Locke. It's true, and I just think they're going to do
3: that primarily through the draft this year. They can get starting caliber line; it doesn't have to be in the first round, but they can get those guys throughout. And they have enough capital this year to build up the line. But that's also why I'm saying, and to your point, you always talk about not taking a receiver in the first round if you can avoid it. It's also equally important to not only give him that speedster, but to protect Drew Lock as well. And you know, if he doesn't, if he ends up on his back constantly, it doesn't matter who's playing wide receivers; they have to protect him and surround him with
2: weapons. So I'm for sure on board with that through the draft. Black Knight jumps in on YouTube. He says, "What do you make of the Lions being open on trading their third pick overall and who do you think bites on that? Also, any thoughts on making an MHH tank top? I need something to rock while I work out." Well, hey, that's the first request we've had for a tank top, so we will put it in the queue as something to get get up on the the merch store. Black Knight, just for you, buddy. Uh, I don't know, timing-wise, give us a give us a week or so, we'll get something up for you. But uh, the idea of the of the Lions, excuse me, being willing to trade the number three overall pick, who do you think bites on that? I mean, just look at who the quarterback needy teams in this league are. That that's who you look at moving up to number three. Right, it's exactly the point. I
3: just um, I don't see the Broncos making that move. I don't see them giving up that capital this year. So it's fun to speculate. It's
2: fun to be bandied about, but I don't see it as a plausible thing. It's Discount dry. audio and wheels jumps in. On Super Chat. Guys, this has to be our last one for tonight. Thank you for joining us as always. And, of course, Discount Audio, thank you for your support. It means the world to us, man. It says, yes. I really th- I really like the connection that Locke and Deshaun Hamilton had going the last few games. Do you believe he's a good fit in Pat Shermer's new scheme as the third receiver, assuming we got another to be the second option? They did seem to have a little magic going, Deshaun and Drew Locke. They had a little something something and I'm gonna be curious to see if and how that continues to evolve and develop. But there's the good chance the Broncos draft or sign Deshaun's replacement and render Deshaun a number four and number five guy on the depth chart. Um, could he be the third guy in Pat Shermer's scheme? Yes, because he's such a prolific route runner. He can he can find the soft spot in the zone. You know, he had that one drop against the Oakland Raiders in the season opener in the, in the end zone that just was a just a palming lapse, right? But outside of that, I was really impressed, especially down the stretch. Deshaun Hamilton, Zach, he was tough, man. He would go over the middle, he would catch the ball, and he would take the shot. And I like that, and that builds up trust with his young quarterback as well.
3: I don't see the Broncos throwing in the talent on Deshaun Hamilton. I think they're going to give him one more season. Now the Broncos, they finally have stability. They finally have a young quarterback who will enhance the talent around them. As we saw to your point, the end of the tail end of last season, it will raise all ships around Drew Locke. So I think they're going to go with Deshaun Hamilton at, at worst, the number four guy. will we'll add a couple wide receivers in this coming draft and we'll, we'll see who makes hay with the quarterback. He could be the guy. They have the chemistry down. Just have to build on it now.
2: All right, Brian jumped back in on Super Chat. We cannot ignore a Super Chat. Brian says, uh, thank you, Brian. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, he says, thank you. who do you guys think will be our biggest free agent pickup this offseason? Byron Jones or maybe someone else? I think Byron Jones is the leader in the clubhouse. Um, keep an eye on the defensive line situation, whether it ends up – we'll see what happens with Chris Jones if the, if the uh, Kansas City Chiefs end up tagging him or giving him a long-term deal. He's another guy. I could see the Broncos being willing to open up the checkbook to get him here because he's such a game wrecker and he affects, you know, he affects the quarterback and Von Miller. You just don't know. I mean, look, I can I can charge last year up to it being an outlier, but it's enough to create doubt that he might be on the downside of his career. And if, if that's the case, you need as many guys on that front seven that can affect the quarterback as possible. You got Bradley Chubb coming back, but I would say Byron Jones as the biggest if you're looking at those top of the line guys Justin Simmons is going to be one of them going to get max contract Byron Jones could be another and yeah maybe Chris Jones who do you think Zach anyone I'm missing here far and away Byron Jones is
3: the top priority of the Broncos he's the biggest free agent catch if they do sign him. I, I would say someone that maybe Joe Thune I'm just looking realistically at positions the Broncos would target but they're going to leave that for the draft more than likely so Byron Jones, I I happen to believe, though, a lot of the Broncos' biggest names in free agency, at least the first wave, are going to be their own guys, Chad. The Justin Simmons, the Derek Wolfs, maybe, 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 slow, low chance Chris Harris Jr., but they're really going to lock down their guys before really extending to the open market beyond Byron
2: Jones. Jody, we're not advocating for Garrett Bowles. We're not saying Garrett Bowles is the man with the plan. We're not saying Garrett Bowles even deserves necessarily, I'm, it's, uh, you know, I'm not, not saying it either. We're just telling you the way the wind's blowing, right? There is nothing that to suggest that Garrett Bowles will not be the starter. That's, that was a double negative. That was bad grammar. Garrett Bowles is going to be the starter this year, barring some unforeseen blockbuster move like a trade for Trent Williams. But it's not going to happen. The Broncos believe he finally turned the corner under Mike Munchak. He was their first-round pick. John Elway loves him. He's your starting left tackle this year, barring injury and barring some unforeseen blockbuster. Zach. And with that, we got to get out of here. I mean, I'm no Bowles
3: fan, but at least he finally has a young, gunslinging quarterback who has mobility, and he will bail Garrett Bowles out of a lot of ticky-tack situations this year. So I'm with you, Chad. I think the Broncos are banking on having a new uh, coaching staff on the offensive side and having Drew Locke as a starter. That should help Bowles out, be consistent.
2: James, if you had two that I've missed... I assure you I will find them after the show and they'll be the first things we talk about on tomorrow night's show. I try not to miss any of that. Sometimes the comment stream goes so fast and on the streaming platform that we use, it cuts off after a while, depending on the number of, of uh, comments in the stream. So if we missed them, I promise you, I'll go back in after we log off here tonight and I'll find them and I'll earmark them for, we'll, we'll address them first things first on tomorrow's show. So if we missed Apologies for that, but uh, that is not how we. Uh, that's not standard operating procedure. I promise you. Um, what does he say here? Yeah. Well, I, pro- dude, I can't go back. Unfortunately, I can't go back up the stream where I find him. I promise you. We don't. We don't like doing that. So we will uh, make that top priority uh, for tomorrow night's show. I promise you. You have our word. But guys, that's got to do it for uh, today. Thank you as always for joining the huddle up podcast live. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. You can see here. It is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. Don't forget to also find my partners at Kelberman here on Twitter at Kelberman NFL and myself at Chad and Jensen. One other thing guys, we like to uh, tag our super chat superstars on Twitter. After the fact, if you're following us on Twitter, um, or if you do end up following us on Twitter, make sure uh, you let us know who you are so that we can associate your name on YouTube or Facebook or whatever with your Twitter account. Very important. But Zach, dude, we'll, uh, we'll circle back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see if anything shifts on the Combine Trail and, and what uh, the newswire has to, to, for us to analyze.
3: Yeah, all the media and the prospects are descending upon Indianapolis now. So as the week goes on, we should have more to talk about. But hopefully we have a little bit of tidbit of news to for tomorrow's podcast. Mark, dude. Wow. Just if
2: we're logging off.
3: Last At the buzzer, just swishes a three from downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. That's unbelievable. That oh, really is.
2: Mark. I mean, that's. I'm like... I'm we're speechless. glad you like
3: the hoodie, but it literally
2: is less speechless. We appreciate it beyond words. Thank you, Mark. Seriously. We have your deep. Wow. You got some. You got some gear coming your way, my friend, Jack Conklin, uh, OT to Denver. Mm. You know he had a, that first two years he was in the league with Tennessee. I really liked him. I'm not sure he projects. I mean, maybe as a right guard, he's low key possibility as a right guard. I think he's better served as an interior guy than a than a tackle. But we'll see. He is going to be a free agent, Zach. What do you think of Conklin?
3: He's going to get a starting job as a tackle elsewhere. And the Broncos, they just paid Juwan James last offseason. They're still invested in Garrett Bowles. He, he would be a good prospect in a different situation, different circumstance, but yeah,
2: he's not coming to Denver uh, in free agency. All right, guys. Mark, we'll be in touch here very soon. Yes, thank you again. Stu, thank you. Everyone. Steven, all of your support. It means the world to us, you guys. we got to bounce out for tonight, though. Don't worry. We'll be back in the saddle. Same time as usual tomorrow night, Monday, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again to everyone for joining us live. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep
2: divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore.